Welcome to the Sojo Show with Jen and AJ, where you'll dig deep into God's Word alongside two imperfect, frequently ineloquent women as we discover fresh ways to walk out God's truth together. What happens when a flesh-eating bacteria invades your body and leaves your life hanging in the balance while you live in a coma for months? Well, for Wendy Wallace, what happened was the amputation of both hands and both feet. And today, she is here with us on the Sojo Show to share how she learned to thrive and even laugh in the face of adversity. Wendy, thank you for being here today. And I know you have something compelling to share, so I cannot wait to get started. Well, thank you, AJ. It's just such a blessing for me to be here with you too. Well, I know everybody is wondering, who is this person and what is her story? So can you just tell us a little bit about yourself and then dive on into your incredible testimony of what you've been through? Sure. Well, first of all, I am the happiest, most positive quad amputee you will ever meet. <laughs> I believe I say, it. <laughs> and I say that, I mean, certainly it just wasn't an instant thing. It was a process, but um, I've always been an optimistic person. And so, you know, I'm going to take you back to 12 years ago, back in 2011. Um, I was a busy mom of three. I was running a home business, taking care of the household. My kids were all teenagers. I had a 13-year-old, a 15-year-old, and one getting ready to graduate from high school. And in one of our many teenage activities, um, I started to feel, you know, flu-like symptoms. I wasn't sure what was going on. I'm like, okay, well, I'm just coming down with something. No harm, no foul. But I had this unusual swelling on my leg, which was weird, but I didn't think much of it. Um, I was in bed for a couple of days and finally my husband's like, I'm taking you to the hospital. This is not right. This is not the flu. And so I practically passed out on the way to the hospital. Last thing I remember, they were slapping an oxygen mask on my face. And thankfully they diagnosed that swelling, which was a flesh eating bacteria called necrotizing fasciitis. And that's what it is. It's this bacteria that just eats away at your body. And so, so can I interrupt you with a question about that, Wendy? Because I know everybody is asking this question. Do you know how you came in contact with this? So here's the thing. This is what I know. Um, I believe that everybody has some form of this in their body. And some people unfortunately, have to face this kind of a thing. And so it doctors wouldn't commit 100%, but I'm positive it came from an ingrown hair on my leg. Mm. And so when there's an open sore and you have this bacteria, sometimes it comes out in this way. It's very rare. I don't want to freak out your listeners. It is very right. rare, but it's also very fast moving. Mm. And so... Um, they ended up life flighting me to a bigger hospital that was able to care for me. And they put me in a coma. I was in a coma for three weeks. And in that time, there were multiple surgeries to remove this bacteria. You know, they didn't want to take everything off at once. They wanted to 
kind of pace themselves and take only what they needed. But right away, the doctors told my family, this is bad. Prepare yourself because she's not going to survive this. We'll do our best. But, you know, make your peace with this. And the just the how sudden it came on was just so crazy. Um, and my husband, he's like, you know what? You do your thing, Doc, but you don't know my God. You don't know what he's capable of. You mm-hmm. just do what you do. And I'm going to rally the troops. We're going to pray. And that's what he did. The family put out the call for prayers or church. You know, man, I had hundreds of people across the country mm-hmm. praying for me. And I am still meeting people today who said, oh, you're that girl I was praying for, babe, back when. Wow. Isn't that incredible? It is amazing. And just overwhelming at the power of prayer. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they said less than a 1% chance. Wow. And here I am, and I am just so thankful for the faith that my husband, he never gave up. My kids were like freaked out, but my husband never gave up. Wow. And so I would say maybe a couple of weeks into that coma, they said, okay, well, I went septic. My internal organs started to shut down and my hands and feet had gone all black and yucky dead and they said well we can save her but we have to take her hands and her feet and the funny thing was here you know when you wake up you're groggy and you don't don't want anybody asking you any major life decision questions but they turned off the medication to wake me up to tell me what they were going to do I remember looking and seeing my hands and knowing that they were dead yeah and I just the doctor said you have a choice. Either say your goodbyes or we're going to have to amputate and try and save your life. Well, my husband was standing there crying and I'm looking at this man and I'm like, yeah, how can you do that? Just just do what you have to do. Mm-hmm. I think it was more so in preparation for what would happen when I ultimately woke up mm-hmm. that I had some kind of forewarning. So they put me back in the coma. They did the um, amputations. And so after three weeks, they woke me up. And my very first memory was seeing these bandages where my hands and feet had been. And for some reason, I don't know why I was by myself, but I just went straight to the Lord. Hmm. And I said, I, I, up until this point, I never prayed scripture to the Lord before. I didn't know that was even a thing. But the scripture that popped in my head was Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Yeah. And so I said, you know, Lord, oh, man, I can't do this on my own. So I'm going to trust you with everything I have. And I'm not going to lean on my own understanding of this because what do I know? How do I do this? I don't know how to do this. I'm going to trust you. And I know you will leave me. Yeah. And so you wouldn't think that I would have the peace. But we all know when you have a relationship with the Lord, and you just put your trust 100% into him, that that's where we get our peace. Well, and, and sometimes, Wendy, and you're a total example of this, 
we have no other choice. It's like, where else are you going to go? And when we're at, when we have all of those things that normally prop us up, when all of them are kicked out from under us, that is when we're forced to do what you did. And that is to say, okay, I'm, I'm going to trust. I have no other option, but to trust God's plan in this situation. Yeah. And it breaks my heart for friends and family members who don't have that resource or choose not to use the creator of the universe as their number one power source, you know? Um, So I was in the hospital for a couple of months. I went to rehab for another month. And so like 90 days later, I came home to, I was sitting here in a wheelchair and my, my oldest son, I actually had to break out of rehab to go to watch his graduation because they weren't going to let me go. And I'm like, okay, you guys either going to let me go or I'm going to break out. <laughs> and there's <laughs> nothing you can do about it. So I was able to get the weekend off for his graduation and his party. We had family coming in. And, and then finally, when I came home, I just remember just sitting here, just going, okay, now what? You know, I had prosthetics being made. And when you lose your feet, you get prosthetics legs, just slap them on. And, you know, life goes on as normal. But when you lose your hands, it's just different. There's so many yeah. things that you get taken away. I mean, mm-hmm. all of the things that I thought made me who I was, you know, mom, wife, cook, cleaner, dishwasher, you know, laundry, running the kids to their stuff. I lost that. And I kind of lost my identity. Mm-hmm. And, you know, oftentimes we're, we think, well, what did I do? to bring this on? What was my major sin? Right. And so it forced me to just dig deeper into God's word. I had a relationship with the Lord, but this was an opportunity for me to just build that faith. And we did lots of Bible studies here at home, at church. Um, You know, anybody have any questions today? I'm like, why do bad things happen to good people? And so as a church group, we were able to dig into that. And ultimately, what I came away with is that it's not always something that we do, but it's something that the Lord needs to use for the benefit of others, right? Um, 2 Corinthians 1, 3, and 4. I can't quote that one nearly as good. But basically, God comforts us in our struggles so that we can use that experience to comfort others as they go through theirs. And I learned that when I was in my 20s and my sister had gotten ovarian cancer. And at that time, my mom was saved through that process. So I was able to make that connection. But it wasn't until later when I started my blog and sharing my story that that all kind of came full circle where I was able to understand the whole purpose behind it and how God was going to use me as a lighthouse for him. So, and when was that? How far between the time when you left the hospital and then the time when you really started having a ministry through what had happened? It was seven years. Wow. And I call it my pity party. You know, I was sad because there was a grieving period 
but I was always positive. It was kind of a oxymoron thing going on. But the biggest question is, I don't know what to do with my life now. I'd kind of lost interest in the business that I'd had. And I thought there's got to be something. I know that he has a purpose in this. I just don't know what it was. Um, and then later when I did start sharing my story, it made brought me to that point where God can't use you if you're standing still. Mm-hmm. We have to move so that then he can course correct us. Right. So as long as I was sitting there feeling sorry for myself, there was, there was no movement. Yeah. And so my family, my kids, none of them ever saw me as handicapped. It was all me. I was, I couldn't do this. I can't, I can't, I can't. Right. So I was kind of withdrawn and afraid to try anything because it, well, I don't have hands out. It won't work. Well, my daughter, who was 21 at the time, says, Mom, we're going tubing. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah. What kind of crazy person takes her mom with no hands and feet, throws her in an inner tube and shoves her down the river? Mm-hmm. <laughs> She's like, no, no, it's good. I won't let you die. It'll be fun. <laughs> I want to go and you're coming with me. So, you know, you know, a lot of people wouldn't do that with their with all of their limbs and, and digits <laughs> intact. So the fact that you did that and let her pull you along, it says a lot about your um, spontaneity, maybe. I don't know. Or craziness. <laughs> oh, well, you know, and I was just needing something so bad, some mm-hmm. kind of movement. Right. So I'm like, all right. It took me a couple of days to get to that point. But. That was the day that enabled me to do a complete 180 mm-hmm. on my mindset, in my activity, and everything. And, you know, you've heard it, these instant successes kind of things, right? But it was all the preparation, the growing my faith, the growing my prayer yeah. life, and my gratitude, and my joy, and my peace. Working on all of those things put me right where God needed me to be. Yeah. On that day. And, you know, I think that is such an important point, Wendy, because a lot of times we can feel like our lives are are mundane or we're not making a significant contribution or what's the purpose of X, Y, Z. And the fact of the matter is those things, especially when we c- cultivate character and consistency in the mundane and in those things we don't understand, that is laying a foundation for what's coming next. You know, the Lord knows what he has planned for us each step of our lives, each year, each month, each day. And when we are faithful to the day at hand, it sets us up. It's kind of like the volleyball getting ready for the spike, you know, the setup for the spike. That's, that's how life is. If when we are faithful, it's the setup for the Lord to do the next thing and to show out and show his glory through our lives when we embrace that mundaneness. So I, I really appreciate you bringing up that um, reminder. I think it's really powerful. Yeah. Because I mean, anybody who didn't know what was going on behind the scenes, it's like, well, where did this person come from? Why is she all of a sudden on fire and, and working where before I was binge watching Hulu shows, right? Yeah. So up until that point, Everybody's like, you should tell your story, write a blog, write a book. And I was like, well, I have nothing to 
say, I don't know what. I got sick. They cut off my hands and feet. The end, right? Because I was no, I never considered myself a writer. And so, but we were out there floating and I swear it was like three hours on this river. And I'm like, you know what? Maybe I should share my story. Because if I've been in my pity party for this long, I know there's other people that could benefit from this whole experience. Mm-hmm. And we we were going to do like Wendy adventures because all of a sudden here I am floating and AJ, I was ready to jump out of an airplane that day <laughs> because I was so excited that this was working. You had the shift. Yep. Yep. And so the next day is when I set up my website, One Exceptional Life. And I started to share my story and I started to write articles and they were the worst ever. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yes. I remember those days for myself too. Yes. We don't, we don't really like to think about that, but. (laughs) Yeah. And and initially it was like Wendy cooking in the kitchen when she doesn't have hands and feet and she couldn't even hold a spoon. And it didn't take me very long to figure out, I don't want to do this because I don't want to focus on what's wrong. I want to focus on healing and overcoming. So I pivoted to overcoming spiritual growth and growing your joy and your kindness and your gratitude and, and that. And when I did that, people started to write to me mm-hmm. and comments. And then, you know, I remember, oh my goodness, a hundred people saw my blog this month mm-hmm. and how overwhelming that was to know that people were reading things that I had written and then tens of thousands of people were reading them. And I was like, through this whole process, when I started to get the feedback, thank you for helping me to remember that I need to build my faith and to lean on the Lord. And what an inspiration to just help me get back into God's word and build that relationship. And then next thing you know, Wendy figures out the whole purpose and why this all had to happen. Because God needed me to lead those people. And I remember, have you ever heard of the anniversary effect? No, I'm not familiar with that. It's kind of like if you have a major event in your life and every year it's this remembrance. Like Mm -hmm. for me, April 3rd was the day I went to the hospital. And every year, April 3rd come around and I fall into this depression. And I wouldn't even have to know what the calendar said. And so every year, I would get all sad and weepy and not understand what was happening. Well, when I started blogging, I jumped in with both prosthetic feet. And Mm -hmm. just, I was on fire to learn everything at once. It's like learn every social media platform there is at once. And I couldn't even sleep. I was so excited. And the next year, April 3rd roll around and I didn't even notice Mm. the day. Actually, I noticed it on the 5th, the 4th of the 5th. And I was like, I found the cure for the anniversary effect. And there is an actual uh, term for that. And so then I talked about that and how when you have something that your healthy distractions are so important when you're going through right hard times 
Because right. when we focus on what's wrong with us, that's all we think about. Mm-hmm. But yeah. when we focus on other people and helping them, you know, when you're having the worst day ever, go make some cookies for somebody who's hurting yeah. or is sick, you know? And that and is so counterintuitive. It, yeah. it's like, it goes against our thinking. We think, okay, something's wrong with me. I need somebody to do something for me, you know, but actually it's the very opposite. That's the truth. Yeah. Who can I help? Yeah. Because it makes such a difference because you're bringing that person up. And then here you've done the same thing for yourself. Mm-hmm. And it puts you in an entire different frame of mind to carry on and stay, keep that positive. Yeah. That's why I think gratitude is so important. Yeah. Because I'm a firm believer that there's, you can find a silver lining in every dark cloud. Mm-hmm. And if only if you want to. Right. You, right? Yeah. Sometimes you got to look pretty hard. Yeah. But if you look, you will find it. Yes. I mean, you wouldn't think that losing your hands and feet would turn out to be a blessing but it actually has. Well, and that's really something that most people just at face value cannot understand. They cannot understand how you would be thankful for losing your hands and your feet. But as believers, we know that not only is Romans 8, 28 true, but we know that God doesn't waste anything. And if he allows something into our lives, it is for a purpose. And the purpose is a good one. The purpose is a noble one. The purpose is ultimately going to be what we would ask him for if we had the perfect knowledge that he has, Mm. you know, and that, and that really is like, sometimes I have to think through that and say, okay, I don't see this. I don't feel this. And I definitely don't understand this, but I know this to be true. And sometimes we have to direct our hearts with our minds, you know, and what we know is true about God. And and that's what I love about your story and your testimony is you, you have walked that path and you've allowed the Lord to do that. Like, you know, you could have, you could have rejected it. You could have said, no, God, I'm not going to accept this. This is, I'm, I'm angry about this. I'm not going to get over this anger. I'm not going to get over this disappointment. I'm not going to get over the loss that you experienced, the whole change in your identity. Those are big, big things. And mm-hmm. you could have sat there and not gone with your daughter tubing, not had, not come to the end of yourself and just insisted that God fix things, but you didn't do that. Um, and I think, you know, and here's the other thing that I'm really taking away from this talk today. You really understand the upside down lifestyle. And for us as believers, the, our life is so crazy and weird to everybody else. You know, those people who are not believers, they don't understand. Like, why would you, why would you give up your life for something else? Why would you serve others instead of yourself? You know, all of the commands of Christ Blessed are the meek. Like, why would you be meek? You have to stand up and fight for your right and be obnoxious and be out there. You have to be angry and fight back. And I mean, all of the things that he taught us are counterintuitive and countercultural. And yet 
here you are, you have embraced that counterintuitive thinking in your own life and allowed the Lord to mold you in ways that are truly beautiful for us to see. So first off, I thank you for that. And second off, do you have any tips for those of us who are kind of struggling with that, you know, in whatever capacity? Because we all do. You know, we all have things in our life where the Lord's calling us to be counterintuitive or countercultural. And it's it's hard. You know, we are really struggling. So what words of wisdom do you have to share? It's funny. And I, and I just want to say this real quick is that I was talking to somebody on Facebook this morning. There was some kind of, she was struggling, looking for feedback. And she's like, I think I'm going to leave the Lord because I'm just overwhelmed. And I said, why would you turn off your power source to go and do your own thing? You're not going to find any better. So that's the first tip is you can get angry at God for the things that happen to you. Go for it. He can handle your doubts and your fears and your anger. But Romans 8.28, all things for his glory are good and his glory. And yes, it's questionable. Why me not having hands and feet is for my good. But let me tell you, the spiritual growth that came through this whole thing yeah, I can say it's been worth it. Yeah. And that's hard. Yeah, that's hard. That's, I mean, we, and uh, from the outside, we look at that and say, wow, that's a really hard price, a really high price to pay, but you have known Christ. And that is the prize that you now own. You have those treasures in darkness that he promises in Isaiah. And we can't see that part but we can hear it in your voice and in your testimony and in, in the smile on your face, the way you live your life, the way you're not hiding away and pining and giving in to self-pity. Yeah. I'm the guy where everybody's moaning and belly aching about everything that's wrong in their life that I will just kind of, kind of like a bowling ball, knocking down the pins. Stop. What's good about what's going on. This mm-hmm. is not serving you to be negative. Mm-hmm. And can't think of the word opposite of optimist. Pessimistic. Yeah, the pessimist. Yep. <laughs> yeah, it does not serve us. That's right. These are things. These are seeds that the enemy plants in us, and we cannot allow those seeds to get watered and bloom. Mm-hmm. And that's where growing your faith. You know, I love the promises of the cross because it gives us. A scripture at a time to see all the promises. There's no promise in the Bible that either has not been fulfilled or not will not be fulfilled. And yeah. so we have a God who we know we can count on. Mm-hmm. He may not always like what's happening, but latch onto his coattails or you yeah. know, allow him to wrap you under his wings because yeah. we can't do life on our own, even in our best days, mm-hmm. we can't do it on our own. Yeah. And so that's the first thing. And then approach life with optimism, hope. When you're a child of God, you have hope. We may not see it here in this life, but we will in the next one. And we're building our rewards for that later, right? So we have that hope. We need the optimism, though. 
because how else can we be powerful witnesses? Our loved ones are going to be lost and hellbound mm-hmm. if we don't open our mouths. Yeah. And if we, if we respond to the things that happen to us with pessimism and blaming everybody and their brother, even God, for what's happened to us, then we are leading those folks away from him and not towards him. Yeah. You know, and I think that's a really good thing for all of us because maybe some of us are in a place where we're kind of coasting. Maybe there's not anything major going on that's pushing us to really depend on on Christ or exercise our hope. But the culture at large is, you know, and the things, the state of things that we see in our homes, in our families, in our churches, in our nations, in the world, you know, those things give us great cause to be hopeless. And yet, as Christians, we have no business being hopeless. Out of everybody in the world, we are the ones who actually have hope. So like like you were saying, that word pessimism, we a, a believer and a child of God is the last person that should be a pessimist. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't matter what it is that we're facing. You know, we yeah. logically, sure, we there may be reasons that we can, you know, be down in the dumps or have a hopeless view. You know, we can be upset about things that are happening in our lives, yeah. but we still have the hope of the gospel. We have the hope that that our God is sovereign and that he makes all things new. He knows what is happening and he is in 100% control. Yeah. And people watch us. Yeah. They're, they're watching us. They're like, oh, okay, now let's see what this Christian does. Yeah. And so I think optimism and just looking for blessings it doesn't have a big big blessing we're here in the northeast the leaves are changing and i can't help but praise the lord every time i look out my window and if you think about it you know the trees the ocean the skies the stars the human body i'm always amazed when i go to the doctor and they have that poster on the wall with all the little intricate parts of the human body and they all work together mm-hmm. perfectly. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's amazing when you think about it. Yeah. God created all that. Mm-hmm. And so he knows. And so when people ask me, weren't you ever angry? I don't think so. Mm-hmm. I mean, he had a purpose. And while I didn't know what it was, I knew I trusted in him and that he knew what he was doing. And that is what it comes down to. It's it's really a matter of trust. And the Bible tells us over and over, Old Testament and New Testament, the just shall live by faith. We have to continually be exercising our faith. And it's not faith in ourselves. It's not faith that something someday will work out. It is faith in the character, which means the goodness, the wisdom, the sovereignty, all the things of God. That is where our faith rests. And it is a moment by moment decision to say, I trust you, God. I trust you in this. I trust you right now, whatever it is we're facing. And I am so encouraged. I, I, you know, I've known you in the online world for a long time, but it wasn't until 
this past fall that I heard you personally, we, we met on zoom and I, I was just really blessed by the way you presented your story and your, your laughter, your smile. It's obvious that you have the joy of the Lord. And I wanted to make sure that I shared that with um, others on our podcast today. So I, I'm dying to know, and maybe you've already answered this in, in what you've shared previously, but as our last question, I want to ask you, is there one scripture? I know you've mentioned Proverbs three, five, and six, but is there, is that the one scripture? Is there something else that has really just been a bedrock for you? So that's it. Because I mean, there's a bunch and I think my, my business is based on second Corinthians one, three, and four, mm-hmm. you know, in comforting others because God comforted me, but anytime I'm struggling and I go to the Lord and I say, I need help with this. Bam. That's the one that pops in my head. Yeah. Yeah. That's how he answers my prayers. And that mm-hmm. Wendy, you need to remember to trust me. Yeah. You may not like what's going on. You may not know what's happening and how to, where to go from here. But if you trust me, if you follow me, if you don't take over and lead the way and let me do it, I will direct your path. Mm-hmm. And yeah. yeah, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Yeah, that's so great. And I call those, this is my term for it. I call them ground zero scriptures because it's kind of like when you have nowhere, when everything has just been leveled in your life, you have to have something. And it could be, that could be during a season of your life or during a moment, like everything falls apart in the morning, your kids are crazy, husband's gone, whatever the case may be, you're, you, you're leveled you know, and you have to have something. You have to have what I call a ground zero scripture that you just hold on to for dear life. And mine comes from Hebrews 11. It's um, a phrase actually that says he is a rewarder of those who seek him. And for some reason that has resonated with me for years that all I have to do is seek him. And the smallest amount of effort I can muster. It's enough because he will reward that whatever, whatever capacity I can give him. He is a rewarder of me when I seek him. And a lot of times that just simply is saying help calling out to him. Help one word. I'm seeking him. That is my effort to seek him. And he Mm -hmm. promises to reward us. And so I just want to encourage anybody listening here today if you do not have a ground zero scripture, find one because they are so vital to just standing firm in our faith when everything else around us is demolished. And when we ourselves feel like we're flat on our back, the enemy has us pinned down. He's got his foot on our belly, you know, and we're, we're at his mercy. We still can cling to the word of God. And that is our strength. So I, I love Proverbs three, five, and six too. That's, that's, so you have two right there. You guys can start with. Yeah. And, and I want to say one more thing, you know, the first thing people who aren't believers say when they're watching us, and it's like, okay, let's see your faith work on this one, you know? And the thing is faith doesn't make it easy. It makes things possible. Yeah. It makes things 
It doesn't take away our, doesn't make me grow my hands back. It doesn't take away the cancer or, or the lost loved one. It yeah. makes it bearable and durable. And it brings us back to the foot of the cross where we yeah. get our strength. Yeah. I love that. That is a perfect note to end on. Thank you so much for being on the podcast today, Wendy. It has truly been a pleasure. And tell everybody real quickly um, how they can find you and where they can go online. Absolutely. And thank you so much, AG. This has just been such a wonderful blessing. So my website is One Exceptional Life, O-N-E. And uh, you can find me on Facebook, One Exceptional Life, as well as I have a Facebook group called Women Living Exceptionally with Joy and Jesus. Because my mission truly is helping women rediscover God's joy and peace amidst the storms and the trials and all the struggles that we go through. And we're doing it in that group. Yeah, that's fantastic. And we will leave links in the show notes. So if you are listening, be sure to check those out and find those links and connect with Wendy online. And thank you again, Wendy, for being here. It has been a pleasure. Thanks, AJ. Appreciate it. Hey guys, it's AJ here with a personal question. Do you ever long to connect with other women over God's word? If so, I'd like to personally invite you to be part of our online Bible study community. Sojo Academy is where Jen and I meet via Zoom every week with our global community to discuss God's word, pray, and share what we are learning with each other. In Sojo Academy, you'll get a fresh Bible study every month, as well as weekly meetups, Bible journaling kits, accountability, community, and an entire library of workshops and Bible study tutorials. Jumpstart your walk with God and come hang out with us live this week. Visit SojoAcademy.com and we'll see you inside.